Welcome to 340B Insight from 340B Health. Hello from Washington, D.C., and welcome back to 340B Insight, the podcast about the 340B drug pricing program. I'm David Glendinning with 340B Health. Our guest today is Karen McCombs, 340B Program Manager for Wills Memorial Hospital, a critical access hospital serving patients who live in rural counties in Georgia. As they do for many rural hospitals in the U.S., 340B savings help Wills Memorial stay in operation by covering funding shortfalls and providing crucial resources needed to invest in care for the communities it serves. November 17th is National Rural Health Day, and we wanted to hear from Karen about how a rural hospital can be successful when deploying 340B in these ways. But before we go to that interview, let's take a minute to cover some of the latest news about 340B. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has announced that it will end deep cuts to Medicare outpatient drug payments that had been in place for many 340B hospitals since 2018. A final payment rule that CMS released earlier this month confirmed that 340B hospitals will receive the full Medicare payment rates for their 340B drug purchases for all of calendar year 2023. That rate is the average sales price plus 6%. To offset that added cost, CMS said it is reducing payments for other non-drug services by just more than 3%. CMS also will continue to require hospitals to identify 340B purchases using claims modifiers in 2023. On the legal front, two of the three federal appeals courts that are considering lawsuits over drug company restrictions on access to 340B pricing have now heard oral arguments. Three judge panels in Washington, D.C., and Chicago asked probing questions of lawyers representing the government and several of the drug companies involved. A third federal appeals court in Philadelphia is set to hear arguments this week. These developments mean that decisions in those cases could come out in the months ahead. The fact that there are three separate sets of appeals also raises the possibility that the parties eventually may ask the Supreme Court to weigh in. 340B Health members can visit the show notes to learn more about all these developments. Now for a feature interview with Karen McCombs with Wills Memorial Hospital. Karen spoke about the importance of 340B to rural providers at the most recent 340B Coalition Summer Conference just outside of Washington, D.C. Miles Goldman caught up with her there to learn more about what she had to say. Here's that conversation. Thank you, David. I'm joined by Karen McCombs from Wills Memorial Hospital in Georgia, Karen, we're here at the 340B Coalition Conference in the Exhibit Hall, and I'm excited to speak to you today. You're here at the conference to present uh, on rural health and, and what's happening in rural health and 340B, and looking forward to getting into all that. Welcome to 340B Insight. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited about representing Wills Memorial Hospital and excited to be at this conference. I'm excited to get to know Will's Memorial a bit more. Where are you in Georgia? So we're located in Washington, Georgia, Wilts County. We are about 60 miles from Augusta, Georgia, and about 60 miles from Athens, Georgia. And tell me more about how long Will's has, has been around and the patients you serve. 
Well, Wilkes County has had a hospital since 1924 when Washington General Hospital was opened. And in 1961, we moved to a new site with a new facility. And since that time, we offer outpatient services, physical therapy, outpatient therapy, speech, pulmonary and respiratory. We have a 24-7 emergency room. We have specialty clinics with visiting physicians that do general surgery, nephrology, and urology. We have a swing bed program, two community medical clinics, and we also accept chronic vent and trach patients. Um, As far as our community and the patients within the community, we serve about 18,000 patients in a primary service area. The growth in that area is only in the area of 65 and over. Um, And the majority of our patients are insured with Medicare or Medicaid. And our patients do have socioeconomic and transportation issues. Well, it's great to hear the long history that that Wills has had serving your rural community. And our listeners live all over the U.S., including in rural towns like yours. What is one thing you would like people who don't work in rural health care to know about caring for a rural community? You would probably get a different answer if you, different answers if you ask different people within the hospital. I feel like people need to know that we're personally involved because we know our patients. We went to school with them all 12 years. Our children go to school together. They attend the same church. There is the local farmer down the street. It's our neighbors, it's our friends, it's our family. Medicine is a double-edged sword. We don't ever want anyone to get sick. But when someone in our community gets sick, we're glad we're there and we're the ones to care for them. And our patients are glad we are here because they now have someone that they have come to trust and respect caring for them. And they also know that when they're hospitalized, they're going to be seen by local physicians. We've heard in recent years, probably for more than a decade now, about challenges that rural hospitals are facing. What are a couple of the largest challenges your hospital faces, and what role can 340B play in helping overcome those challenges? Our number one challenge is cash flow. At times, volumes can be low. However, fixed costs remain the same. And 340B helps to subsidize the operational cost. Our reimbursement structure is such that we are reimbursed based on allowable cost. And so in the end, we're typically reimbursed 96% of that allowable cost. And again, 340B helps with those shortfalls. You know, that's consistent with what we hear from so many 340B health rural hospitals. And when we conduct our annual survey of hospitals, we often hear that 340B savings are what keep many rural hospitals open. Is that the case with Wills Memorial? 340B savings, along with a few other subsidy avenues, helps to cover cash flow shortfalls from standpoint of operations to ensuring the hospital stays viable. On a more positive note, what is your hospital's greatest 340B success story? Our 340B program started in 2016. I began managing the program in 2019. And it's my understanding that over the past year, there's a good number of covered entities whose savings have been reduced due to the manufacturer's mandates. And this past year, 
our hospital's 340B savings actually increased. It did not increase by much, but it did increase. And that in itself, I believe, would be our greatest success story. Can you share with me a little bit more about how the 340B savings are are used at Wills? The 340B savings is used to fill in the gap, the shortfalls of our operational cost. Our savings can also assist patients that cannot afford their medicines, even on insurance. They can obtain the majority of their medications for about $20. So the 340B savings also helps our patients. Patients who have no insurance or their copay for the drug is in the hundreds of dollars. These patients can obtain their medications on an average of about $20, which greatly benefits them. They're not going without their medicines because of 340B. And we certainly know all the negative health outcomes that can happen when patients um, aren't able to receive their medication. So it's, it's great that through the 340B program, patients are able to have that access. What would life be like in your community without 340B? Well, as I said before, 340B is a vital part of ensuring that our hospital stays open. It, it helps our operational costs. If there were no 340B, potentially there would be no hospital. And without a hospital, we would have no growth potential from industry and, and other avenues of business. The economic impact on our community would be devastating to not just our county, but the surrounding areas. And I know Wills is, uh, you know, is approaching in the next few years its 100th anniversary. Exactly. And even though we've been in the program just since 2016, 340B has helped us to expand within the community and help patients. And we want to be around for the next two more years to celebrate that and then be around for maybe another 100 more years to help children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and be there for them. One of the things the past two years during the COVID pandemic has taught us is not just the need, but the necessity for rural community hospitals. The viability of rural hospitals will depend and, and probably depend more heavily on the backing of programs like 340B. We hear a lot sometimes from rural hospitals about staffing and smaller size staffs that you have. Tell me about how your 340B program is set up from a staffing perspective. To answer that, I'd like to give you just a little bit of history. Prior to my onboarding with the hospital, the program was managed by our CEO, our COO, and our revenue cycle manager. They each had tasks that they performed. I was hired on April, in April of 2019. So we have one full-time employee, me. I revamped the way the program <clears throat> and as far as auditing goes. So with that development, I have set tasks that I perform daily, weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly. And I do this to ensure compliance 
and optimization. However, I have an advisory council and we meet quarterly and sometimes more often. And that advisory committee is made up of our CEO, our Director of Outpatient Services, HR, our Revenue Cycle Manager, a pharmacy and a pharmacy tech. And they rely on me to provide them with statistics. How's it going? And I rely on them as greatest ideas of sometimes I come up with. Others may have better ideas or new ideas or things I didn't think of we could do. So during those meetings and even in between, we discuss how to grow the program, better it. So it's just me, and, but I couldn't do it without the committee. And now, of course, you're, you're here at the conference talking about your 340B program and how it works operationally. And in your presentation, you talk about a framework that you use to manage your 340B program called Build, Research, Audit, Ask. Can you explain this framework? Well, when you start any job, you're going to sit down and work out an action plan on how to tackle your new du duties, you know, especially if it's unfamiliar territory. So when finding out that 340B was the savings which generated by prescriptions written by our community medical clinics and processed through our contract pharmacies, building relationships was the first thing I needed to do. And once those relationships were built, I went on to build relationships with the two contract pharmacies we did not have. And that was relatively easy to do as I am from Lincolnton. So in research, prior to approaching a contract pharmacy, you want to research if it's beneficial for the hospital and beneficial for the patient. But I researched claims, claims that did not qualify and should have. You go in and research why. As far as auditing, auditing is a natural part of 340B. However, I took that one step further and to learn pricing, I began to audit our invoices and compare them to our spreadsheets provided to us at the end of each settlement period by our third-party administrators. Then I also, for slow mover credits, I started auditing the quantity received or ordered versus the quantity the physician prescribed. Because the pharmacy can actually put in an NDC for 90 pills. However, the physician only ordered 30. So auditing that and finding out why the slow movers is there helped to generate savings because we lowered our slow mover credits that we handed out. And then ask is just natural. I ask questions, sometimes the same questions over again. Back to building relationships, you needed to have phone a friend. That is, that's vital. So you ask on everything. And when just when you think you're done asking all the questions, then you can ask if you can tell your story. I am sure most 340B programs there's a success story or several success stories within their program. And asking to tell your story advocates for 340B. So asking goes a long way and it's just not built on asking a question. 
I think that's great, you know, and I certainly like the, the, the phone a friend concept. I think that's, you know, now the phone a friend might look a little different with the technology we have now, but, but either way, I think it still exactly provides a lot of value. What is your best advice for how rural hospitals can manage their 340B program? Regardless of the size of your staff that you have, you need an advisory committee. And that advisory committee needs to be made up of some people who are not necessarily involved with the day-to-day operations of the 340B program. And it needs to have a person from the C-suite on there. And that advisory committee, along with your 340B staff, work together as a team. Because the ideas that are outside of the 340B staff can be great and can help the program tremendously. So the success of your program is going to rely on the collaborative efforts of your staff and an advisory committee. Well, appreciate you sharing that advice. We certainly at 340B Health support C-suite involvement and, and that collaboration that you're speaking to us about. Karen, I want to thank you for for joining us here at the conference, for taking time out of a packed agenda uh, and in between you speaking and attending sessions to share with us more a rural perspective on 340B. We look forward to continuing to see all the great work you're doing for your patients in Georgia. Thank you, Miles. And as I said, I appreciate you asking me and, and giving us an opportunity to share our story. Our thanks again to Karen McCombs for discussing the connections between 340B and rural health. We appreciate her providing a demonstration of how 340B helps form the backbone of the rural healthcare safety net in Georgia and throughout the U.S. When it comes to patients living in some of the most remote areas of the country, it is good to know that 340B is there for them and their health providers. We also appreciate all of you who helped us celebrate the 30th anniversary of 340B earlier this month including those of you who took to social media to mark the occasion. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to our previous episode with former Congressman Henry Waxman, the author of 340B in 1992. It is a fascinating look into the history and the legacy of 340B. We will be back after the Thanksgiving break with an episode discussing what the midterm election results might mean for 340B. We wish you and your loved ones a safe and enjoyable holiday. In the meantime, As always, thanks for listening, and be well. Thanks for listening to 340B Insight. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit our website at 340bpodcast.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at 340B Health and submit a question or idea to the show by emailing us at podcast at 340bhealth.org.